Hi, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker. We're excited to bring you this series of messages studying the time of Christ from the trial to His triumph. In this series, we'll look at the night before Jesus is crucified. Then we'll look at the seven sayings of the cross. Then we'll conclude with the resurrection. I'm excited to have Dr. Alan Barker preaching part of the messages and also Brother Justin Cooper from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, closing us out on the resurrection of Christ. Hope you enjoy this message today. All right, if you have your Bible, turn with me today, please, in the book of Matthew chapter number 27. And I want to look at several verses. I'm going to be looking at Matthew 26. Uh, but our main thought today will come out of Matthew chapter number 27. Bible said in Matthew 27 verse number 1, when the morning <coughs> was uh, when the morning was all come, all the chief priests and the elders and the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. I want you to notice the statement that's found here in verse number 1 today. The Bible said when the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders took counsel uh, against Jesus to put him to death. I'm going to preach today, and I'm going to use several verses found here in Matthew 27. But I want to preach a little while today uh, on this thought. The morning or the day that shook the world. The morning or the day that shook the world. Now here in this chapter today, we'll find here the events that happens right before the crucifixion. And I would have you note with me today, if you have your Bible and can look with me today. Notice in Matthew 27, and I'll begin reading in verse number uh, 20. Again, notice in verse number 1 first. He said, the morning... And I like this statement. Uh, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders, when the morning was come, I'm calling it the morning that shut the world and how true that is. And then it says in chapter number 27 in verse number 20, how uh, when the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus, uh, the governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the twain were you that I released unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Uh, Pilate said, unto them, what shall I then do with this man, or what shall I do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? And they all said unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor, of course that's Pilate, and the governor said, why, what evil have he done? And they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that they could not prevail uh, nothing, uh, but there was rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just man, See ye to it. Uh, verse number 25, it then answered all the people and saith, His blood be on us and our children. Uh, then, re then released he Barabbas unto them. And when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. I want you to notice, women, these verses here today. And I'm going to go back just for a minute. Matthew chapter number 26. And uh, my dad, years ago, my dad was a preacher. He pastored churches and preached for 55 years. And I remember as a young boy, my daddy preaching on the last steps or the last week of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would go down through the scriptures and pick up the last few hours or the last few days uh, that our Lord lived on earth. And he'd lead it right up to the crucifixion and right up to the resurrection. I was thinking about that when I studied uh, for this message here. And if you go back in chapter number 26, you'll find there were several things uh, that happened before uh, they brought him before Pilate and of course before he was crucified. If you'll go back and look in chapter 26 and verse number 14, first of all, there was a 
was selling out, Judas sold him out. If you look in that chapter there, and verse number 14 of chapter number 26, the Bible said, Then come one of the twelve called Judas's carried, and went unto the chief priests, and said unto them, What will ye give me, and that I'll deliver him unto you? And they coveted with him thirty pieces of silver. So first of all, you see how uh, before the crucifixion and before the mock trial, uh, how Judas sold him out. You don't only see the selling, but also in chapter 26, before the night of the trial and before the day of the crucifixion, you see the supper. We call it quite often, we call it uh, the last supper. And if you look in chapter number 26 and beginning in verse number 36, uh, you'll find our Lord sits down with those disciples there for the last meal or the last supper. And uh, I want to tell you, that was a tremendous time. If you'll go back and study Matthew chapter number 26, actually in verse number 26, down through verse number 29, you'll find that he says down and has that last meal uh, with, those, with the disciples. And during that time, he lets them know, and during that time, he reveals to them that he's going to go to the cross of Calvary and die. You see the selling, you see the supper, but also in chapter 26, leading up to my message, uh, you see the supplication. How that he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, chapter number 26, and verse number 36 through verse number uh, 46 there, you see the supplication, how that he prays. And he picks out Peter, James, and John, takes them with him into the Garden of Gethsemane there, and tells them to wait. And he enters into the Garden there, and he begins to pray. As a matter of fact, he prays three times. And every time he comes back, he'll find those disciples there are asleep. And I was reading this again today, and when he came back the third time, uh, they were still asleep. And he says, sleep on. And uh, oh my, you know, I, I thought about that. You know, there's a lot of people doing that today. Uh, they're not really interested in the Lord. They got their mind on other things, uh, sleeping about other things, so to speak. And so it was with the disciples here. Uh, they're laying our sleep while our Lord is praying. One of the greatest prayers in all the Word of God is found here in the Garden of Gethsemane. You see the supplication. But then also leading up to our message today in chapter 26, uh, you see the separation. Of course, how that Judas separates himself from the Lord. And not only that, I think one of the greatest heartbreaks uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ hanging on the cross there and during that time was the separation. And what I mean by that is, the Bible said in chapter 26 and verse 56, and all this was done that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Uh, uh, that all, uh, let's read the verse right. And all this was done that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Uh, then all the disciples forsook him uh, and fled. He's there by himself being tried before, uh, of course, Pontius Pilate, uh, the mockery trial there, and then, of course, the crucifixion. He's there by himself. And how sad that is today. You see the separation. But what I want to talk to you today about is about the Sanhedrin. When you come over into chapter 27, where I just read here today, and in verse number 20, and the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should uh, ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. You see him standing here uh, before the Sanhedrin. As he stands before them before the crucifixion, uh, there's four things here that leads up to the crucifixion. And I want to share those four things with you today. The morning, oh listen, the morning uh, that shut the world. That day, the Bible said in chapter 27, verse number 1 there, uh, when the 
morning was come. I won't tell you that day made all the difference in the world. How they tried him, how they falsely accused him, how that then he goes to Calvary and die for the sins of the world. It was a morning that shook the world. And in that having said what I've just said today, I want to share four things with you that happened here during this mockery trial. First of all, I want to say he, uh, first of all, number one, I want to say today, he was undeservingly sentenced. Undeservingly sentenced today. Again, look in your Bible in verse number 20. And the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Rebus and destroy Jesus. Notice the next verse. And the governor, that's Pilate, answered and said unto them, uh, Whither the twain were you that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate saith unto them, What shall I then do with this man? It's called the Christ. And they said unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor, listen to this statement, and the governor said, Wow, what evil have he done? And they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. I want to say he was falsely accused. Uh, uh, the undeserving sentence here uh, that he received. You see, Barabbas was a thief. Barabbas was a murderer. I thought Barabbas, if you'll study it, already been convicted. And he deserved to die. Our Lord didn't deserve to die. He had committed one sin. He had done one thing wrong. And uh, he was undeservingly sentenced here to death. They released Barabbas and they said, What shall I then do with this man here, uh, which is called the Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. Uh, you say, preacher, what was he guilty of? Let me say this one more time. Barabbas was guilty of everything. Uh, Barabbas deserved to die. It was his just. He should have died. But I want to tell you, our blessed Lord died in his stead. And he didn't only die in his stead. He died for the world. And I thank God for that. You say, preacher, what was the Lord guilty of? Well, he wasn't guilty of sin. He wasn't guilty of doing anything wrong. But I'll tell you what he was guilty of. He was guilty of love in first degree. Amen. I'll tell you he loved you and I. He cared for you and I. And uh, he was guilty for, uh, of love in first degree. And uh, the undeserved sentence here has passed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you go to trial, you have the prosecuting attorney. And then you have a lawyer that's defending the one that's being accused. And when you study here... Our Lord had nobody to defend him. Our Lord had nobody to stand with him. Our Lord had no lawyer to stand beside of him to plead his case. I got thinking about that. Uh, yeah, always when you go to court, you have someone, a lawyer, an appointed lawyer most of the time, uh, to defend the one that's committed the crime or the one that's accused of the crime. But here in this situation here today, our Lord has no one to defend him, has no one there to stand with him. And how sad that is today. Nobody there to sin with him. I sent it out by himself except one person. You say, preacher, who was with him? Who was defending him? Only one person. You know who it was? It was a woman. I notice in your Bible, Bible said in Genesis or in uh, Matthew 27 and verse 19. And when he was set down, talking about Pilate, and when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife, talking about Pilate's wife, I said unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things I this day in a dream because of him. Pilate's wife, the governor's wife, was the only one that defended the Lord Jesus in that day. And uh, she sent a note unto him and said, Have nothing to do with this just man. And by the way, he was a just man. If you'll study your Bible, uh, you'll find 
find that even Pilate himself, five times Pilate makes a statement, I find no fault in him. I say to you this morning or today, uh, he was undeservingly sentenced today. Uh, Pilate said, I find no fault in him, but because of the multitude and because of that crowd in that day and because of Pilate being persuaded of the crowd, how uh, they crucified him. And again, if you'll notice in the text here, how uh, Pilate saith unto them, what shall I then do with this man, which is called the Christ? And they all said, let him be crucified. May I say to you today, you're going to do something with him today. Uh, Pilate said, what then shall I do with this man that's called the Christ? And may I say to you today, you're going to do something with him today. You say, preacher, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to, I'm going to remain mutual. I'm, I'm not going to do anything at all. I'm not going to receive him. I'm not going, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, yes, you are. By you rejecting him, you are doing something today. And Pilate said, what then shall I do with this man in which is called the Christ? Hey, I'll tell you something today. I'm glad many years ago, uh, almost 50 years ago, thank God, I did something with him. You say, preach, what did you do with him? I received him into my heart. I allowed him to come into my soul and my life and change my life. Thank God, I've never been the same since that day. And I want to say to you today, listen to me today. If you don't know him today, you're going to do something with him today. Uh, if you're watching this message today, and uh, listen to what I'm saying today, you are going to make a decision today. You're either going to say yes or you're going to say no. And uh, so I want to say, first of all, this morning, Pilate said here, what then shall I do with this man? It's called the Christ. And notice the undeserving sentence. They all said, and I repeat, they all said, let him be crucified. You say, Brother Barker, that is a terrible thing. That is an awful thing. That They would say, let him be crucified. Well, may I say this to you today? You and I helped nail him to the cross also. Hey, you and I helped put him on the cross. You and I was what helped kept him on the cross. You say, well, preacher, I, I didn't do that. I'll tell you what you did do. It was your sins. It was your iniquity. Hey, it was that sin that you and I had committed. Had nailed the Son of God to the cross, the undeserving sinners. I deserve to die. I deserve to go to hell. I, I, that, I deserve that. Hey, the wages of sin is death, and I deserve that. <clears throat> but I want to say to you today, our Lord here had an undeserving sentence today. Then notice something else about this mockery trial here and the morning that shook the world. Not only you see the undeserving sentence, but then I want to say number two in this text today, we see the unwashed soul. How the unwashed soul. Look in your Bible again in verse 24. Bible said in verse 24, and when Pilate saw that he could not prevail, how but rather, uh, but rather a tumor was made. How that, uh, and notice this, a tumor was made. And he took water and washed his hands. Uh, and he, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just man. See ye to it. Notice today the unwashed soul. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail over that crowd, when Pilate saw that crowd was going to have their way in spite of what he said, the Bible said that he took water there and he washed his hands. But may I say this to you today? He may have washed his hands, but he didn't wash his heart. And I want to say to you today, that's what makes all the difference in the world. Not only the undeserving sentence here, but the unwashed soul today. May I say to you today, Pilate sinned against everything that he knowed. He knowed better than that. He knew that the Son of God was the Son of God. He knew that Jesus had not done anything wrong because he said himself, I find no fault in him. And the Pilate simply took the water down. How symbolic as to say, I'm washing from this. I'm cleansing myself from this. 
this. I'm having nothing to do with this. But he did have something to do with it. He washed his hands, but he did not wash his heart. How may I say to you today, listen to me. He, had, he didn't only have stained hands, and he may have washed the stain off his hands, but he didn't wash the stain off his soul. And as a result of that today, I, he was lost and died probably and went to hell. And how sad that is today. And may I say this to you today. You know a lot of people doing the same thing. Uh, that's what the Pharisees would do. The Pharisees would cleanse the outside. Uh, but Jesus said the inside is raven wolves. It, the inside is dirty and wicked and vile today. And I'll say this to you today. Listen to me. You may be watching this today and uh, you'll say, Preacher, I'm doing this to be saved. Or I'm doing that to be saved. Or I, I, I tithe and <coughs> I go to church and I'm good to my family and I pay my bills and, and I take care of my children. You know all that's good things, all that's good stuff, and all that's to be commendable, and all that's good. But can I tell you something today? That's not salvation today. How you can do good works to the day you die and still die and go to hell. Are you listening to me? How, hear me today. How you can live the best life you can live for a hundred years and still die and go to hell. You know what you're doing? You're washing your hands, but you're not washing your heart. That's a picture of human effort today. That's a picture of human work today. And uh, I want to tell you, those Pharisees again would cleanse the outside. How about the the inside was dirty and vile and wicked. And may I say to you today, our churches today are full of people in that condition today. Hey, they cleanse the outside. Hey, they'll come into the house of God carrying a King James Bible. Hey, they'll come to church. They'll drop some money in the offering plate. And uh, they'll look good. They may even lead in prayer. They may even sing in the choir. How about may I tell you today, listen, if you wash your hands and has not washed your heart, that will not get you anywhere. Let me tell you something today. Good works may be look good to man. And good works may keep you out of jail. But I'll tell you, it take old time, blood, bought, God-given salvation. I friend, to keep you out of hell. I'm glad there was a day in my life. I realized I was a sinner and Christ come into my heart and washed my sins away. I'm glad today, thank God my sins are gone today. I'm glad my soul has been cleansed today. I, I listen to me today. Hey, he'll wash your sins away today. You don't have to cleanse your hands. You don't have to do good works to be saved. All you got to do is come to Christ as a bankrupt sinner and realize you're lost without Christ and realize within yourself how you can't save yourself. So I want to say to you today, in this text today, you don't want to see the uh, undeserving sentence. He was undeservedly accused. How uh, You also see the unwashed hands. And again, I want to say this to you today, a lot of people in that condition today, uh, but yet they're lost and yet, and by the way, you know what Pilate done? Again, he did that to please the people. Uh, he did that to compromise and to please the people and, uh, and to get the people's favor. Hey, listen to me today. I'd rather have God favor and have the people's favor. I'd rather have God looking on me and knowing that I've done right than the world pat me on the back. So I want to say to you today in this text here today, you see the undeserved sinners. You see the unwashed soul. But then there's something else you see in this text today. Notice with me verse 25. Bible said in verse 25, then answer the people. Well, look at the latter part of verse 24. Latter part of verse 24. Paul said that he washed his hands. And, the mo uh, 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 and notice the last part of this statement. And, uh, and they said, let his blood be on us and our children. Look at verse 25. Then answered all the people and said, his blood be on us 
and our children. I'll say this today. You see an unwise statement. An unwise statement. They said let his blood be on us and our children. And I want to tell you, my friend, that was a sad, sad statement to be made in that day. Let his blood be on us and our children. And can I tell you something today? For two thousand years. For two thousand years those Jews had been scattered all over the entire world. How they've been persecuted, they've been done wrong, how they've been treated, mistreated, how treated dirty, mistreated. And now when when those said when they said let his blood be on us and our children, listen to me, that was a very unwise statement. How you read the word of God, you'll find they have been mistreated. They have been done wrong. How true that is today. And uh, you said in the book of Ezekiel today, how uh, you'll find Ezekiel chapter number 11, how uh, you'll find that God said they've been scattered all over the world, how uh, they scattered all over the world. Look at Romans chapter 9 and Romans chapter 10 and Romans chapter number 11. And uh, you see those Jews uh, uh, chapter number 9, you see how they miss God by works fire. Uh, but listen to me this morning. I want to say to you today that unwise statement where it said, let his blood be on us and our children. That was a very unwise statement. Let me give my last point. In this text here today, we see the undeserving sentenced. We see the unwashed soul. Hey, we see the unwise statement. But last of all, don't you notice in verse 26, you see the unjust scourging. The unjust scourging. Look at verse 26. Bible said in verse 26, Then release he Barabbas unto them. And when he scourged Jesus... He delivered him to be crucified. You see here the, uh, last of all, you see here the unjust scourging today. And I will tell you, when they scourged the men in that day, that was a sight to behold. When you study about scourging and all they went through, my friend, I promise you, it was a sight to behold. Uh, it was it was a very gross. I'm telling you, when you see how they beat them and how the blood ran out of their back and how the hide was torn off their body, how they would scourge them in that day. A scourging was not <coughs> just an ordinary beating or ordinary whipping. When they would scourge them in that day, they had a whip of a cat of nine tails. In that there was nine pieces of leather, nine stripes, nine pieces of leather, and uh, a cat of nine tails. And what they would do at the end of that, there would be bone, sharp bone, and then there would be also a spike or either a, a piece of metal would be tied into the end of that leather. Halfway up, there would be another one. And the Bible talks about it. We know from Bible history, uh, he took 39 stripes. Haven't you said about those 39 stripes? You, you figure all that up. That would be 351 licks if you said it. I just uh, a bone and steel at the end of each piece of leather. But if there's bone and steel halfway up, that wouldn't be 351 licks. That would be 702 licks. And I'll tell you something today. Many would die at the scourging pole. When they would scourge a man in that day, <clears throat> they would bring him out into an area that would look like a stump or a baseball diamond. And they would bend him over that and tie his hands to his feet and bend him over like that. They tell me the very first 10 licks would literally take all the hide off of a man's back. 
And then the next 10 licks, they said, would get into the spinal cord. Uh, or his spine on the bones would be staring out. Hey, listen to me this morning. I'm telling you the unjust scourging. How they scourged the Son of God. Many of them, and by the way, crucifixion was one of the most cruel deaths that would ever happen in that day. And may I say this to you today, many never even got to the cross. How when they would scourge them, many of them, how would die during the time of scourging. I got thinking about that when I said about this message. He didn't deserve that. My eyes are the one that deserved that. How you're the one that deserved that. How the unjust scourge and how they would scourge him. And those Sanhedrin, you know what they would do? How they would play games with the one that was being treated wrong and the one that was being scourged, they would play games with them. Look at verse 28. Bible said in verse 28, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. You know why they did that? They did that out of mockery. And the reason they did that out of mockery was because he said he was the king of the Jews. And, uh, of course, when you study there, the scarlet robe and the purple robe was a picture of royalty. And they did that by simply out of the uh, fact of mockery and making fun of him. They stripped him and uh, put the scarlet robe on him. Then in verse 29, watch this first. Bible said in verse 29, they planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, had a reed in his right hand, mocking him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Hey, listen to me. I cannot start to imagine those long thorns that, that made that crown. They crushed down on the Son of God's head. And the blood literally trickled down each side of his face and down the back of his head. And they would push those thorns down. Listen to me. He ain't even got to the cross yet. How this is discouraging. Are you listening to me? How, then look at verse number 30. Of all things, look at verse 30. And they spit upon him. I'm talking about the Son of God. I'm talking about the one that stepped out in the eons of eternity past and created a world and spoke a world into existence. Oh, hear me this morning. I spoke a world into existence. Now the Son of God is standing there before the Sanhedrin. They're scoffing at him. They're laughing at him. They're making fun of him. And the Bible said here in verse number 30, and they spit upon him. Oh, brother, look at the rest of the verse. And they spit upon him and took a reed and smote him on the head. Are you listening to me? I, I want to tell you, the Son of God did that for you and I. And by the way, those Sanhedrin, they would play games when they would scourge a man. They would blindfold a man. And uh, while they had him blindfolded, they would, they would smote him with their hand. And they smote him in the head with a reed, the Bible said there. And when they would smote him in the face with their hand, how Bible history says those Sanhedrin would play a game and try to get the criminal to, to guess who it was that slapped him. But the Son of God did not say a word. He didn't say anything. He answered not nothing. Hey, listen to me this morning. I want to tell you, hear me today. He was, he was unjustly scourged here. And then, of course, after this, they take him down and take him to the cross and crucify him that you and I could be saved. I'll say this one more time. Many of them died at the scourging pole. Many of them never lived through the scourging. 
Many of them would die before they'd ever get to the cross. But the Son of God was not to die in the Garden of Gethsemane where his sweat become his great drops of blood. He was not to die there. Uh, he was not to die during the time of scourging here. Uh, you see, he suffered. Uh, he suffered in a garden. Yes, he did. He suffered in a garden. And he suffered uh, 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 at Galbath. You know where Galbath was? Uh, Galbath was the pilot's hall where they tried him. But I want to say he also suffered at Golgotha. And on Golgotha, thank God, he laid down his life that you and I could be saved by the good grace of God. I just want you to get the picture today of what it was like the hour, the day, a few hours, how before the Son of God literally died on the cross. Oh my, listen to me, I'm done. The undeserving sentence. He was not guilty of anything. Uh, the unwashed soul. Pilate washed his hands, but he didn't wash his heart. The unwise statement. Let his blood be on us and our children. Then, of course, last of all, the unjust scourging. What a day. What a day. What a day. You remember the title of the message? What a morning or what a day that shook the world. And I won't tell you this world, listen to me, 2,000 plus years ago, the Son of God did that. Uh, one of the greatest events that ever took place in the history of time was the day that the Son of God laid down on the cross of Calvary and died for the sins of the world. What a morning, what a morning. Can I ask you a question? Has there ever been a time you accepted him? Has there ever been a time you allowed him to come into your heart? Has there ever been a time you received him into your life and said, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. I want to be saved by the grace of God. I want to say today, if you're watching this today, listen to me. It'd be a good day to get saved. Bible said today's the day of salvation. Bible said now is accepted time. If you don't know Christ today is your Savior, three things. Number one, acknowledge that you're a sinner. Acknowledge that you're lost. Don't wash your hands. Let him wash your soul. I acknowledge that you're a sinner. Number two, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe the gospel story. Allow him to come into your heart. And then number three, call on him and ask him to save you. May God help us today. If you're not saved today, I hope you'll look to him and trust him today. The morning that shook the world. At the close today, I would like to say thank you again for taking out time to listen to this message. Hope you found it to be a great help to you. You can also view it again on our YouTube channel then also listen to it on our podcast. Our podcast is Amazing Grace Baptist Church, Mount Airy. I would like to say thank you to Dr. Alan Barker and also to Brother Justin Cooper for helping us with this series of messages. Hope that you found it to be a tremendous blessing to your life.